This is New England Patriots running back and three-time Super Bowl champion James White. You're listening to the two-minute drill. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Minute Drill Podcast. I'm Adam, and today I'm joined by Dan, but not Kev. Kev, unfortunately, was not not able to make it today. So it's just going to be me and Dan today. And as usual, we're going to be breaking down some of the Week 12 games. We're going to get to the Patriots-Cardinals game, a good little win for the Patriots. We're going to take a look ahead at the Chargers matchup this Sunday, and we're going to get into our game picks. But first, Dan, the Patriots are back in the win column. It feels good, but, you know, a win is always a win, but some of them can be a lot uglier than others. And this one here was definitely not pretty. Let me hear what you have to say about it. No, uh, not at all. This wasn't a pretty win, but honestly, I don't really care about that. The Chargers – I'm sorry, I almost said the Chargers. The Cardinals are a very good team. Um, I definitely didn't have expectations to win this game, especially not after throwing an interception on basically the first play of the game letting up that super early touchdown. I thought we were going to get blown out. Um, Special teams is what kept us in the game, and our defense is ultimately what won it. So big win to kind of keep the playoff hopes alive. Um, I don't know, but it it seems like this team, this season, it'd be like a totally 2020 Patriots thing to now go on the road against three and eight Chargers Mm -hmm. and just like immediately lose. Or better yet, or better yet, like we need we need to practically win out to make the playoffs. We'll win like every game and lose. Yeah, it's just been such 17. a weird flip flop year with this team. It's like we play we play down to the shitty teams, but we'll play really well and almost beat the really good teams that we face. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, you make a really good point yeah. about how the game started with that pick right at the beginning. Right from there on, I was like, oh no, not one of these, please. You know, I thought it was gonna be I thought they were gonna start rolling away with it, but Hats off to our defense, only allowing uh, one touchdown in the last, final three quarters of the game. That's a very hard thing to do against that high-powered uh, Cardinals offense. I will say they probably got a, caught a little bit of a break. I know Kyler Murray was dealing with some kind of shoulder injury throughout the week, so I'm sure that affected it. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously we know that the special teams did great, especially with Gunner. You know, it stinks that that got called back, but it is what it is. Um, and Dante Moncrief, but the real elephant in the room, like usual, like every week we talk about it, It's this damn offense, man. You know, I was listening to the radio today and they were going through Cam Newton saying like, because when Cam, in prior weeks when Cam would come off of like a kind of a crappy game, Bill Belichick kept coming out and saying, no, Cam's my guy. Cam's our quarterback moving forward, blah, blah, blah. But he had like an interesting response when he was asked about his injury this week and how it affects him going forward. Yeah, I'm pretty sure to, um, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he basically said, like, we're just going to put we're going to do whatever we can to make this team win. And he kind of got off of the cams, my guy thing and went toward more towards the we're going to make this team win kind of thing. So combined with that, that kind of makes me believe to think that if Cam has another game like this, man, it's and we lose and we're really out of playoff contentions. We really could be some state of time. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I'd agree that if we lose this week, uh, unless it's like Cam has an unbelievable game and it's something similar to Seattle where you just really can't blame him for it, um, I could totally see us just being like, you know what, playoffs are out of reach. Um, Bill Belichick, I think, wouldn't be opposed to just you know realizing it's in the Patriots' best interest to maybe lose some games, get a higher draft pick. And at the same time, you can throw Jarrett Stedham out there for an extended period of time. Kind of see what you've got there. Who knows? Maybe turn some heads. Um, but I will say that quote in particular, I think it was less of a Cam's not my guy thing and just more of Bill Belichick not wanting to reveal the severity of his injury. Because I think it, 
I think it was something like, um, yeah, like he has an abdomen injury and, you yeah. know, we'll do whatever we have to do to win. If we have to make an adjustment for Sunday, we'll make an mm-hmm. adjustment. So it's just like a total non-answer because I'm sure the question was like regarding his game status, which me personally, he's been limited on the injury report these last two days with an abdomen injury. Everyone's freaking out about it a little bit. Um, last year, we saw this a lot where Brady would show up limited with, you know, a calf or an ankle injury or whatever. Um, I think he's, I think he'll probably be on the injury report all week and still play. Um, unless he just misses a practice entirely, that's where you'd start to get mm-hmm. worried. But yeah, it's kind of my opinion on that. Quote. You, uh, you make a good point actually about that quote is because uh, obviously it's a very bland Belichick answer. You can kind of twist it whatever way you want. So I'm glad you kind of put that in perspective for me. But um, another thing, I was listening to 98.5 earlier today, and they made a pretty decent point. They were saying, like, yeah, Cam's not the future, neither is Stidham, blah, blah, blah. But then they were like, you know what, Stidham, we just won a football game. And Cam threw – he completed nine passes for 84 yards, two interceptions, and no touchdowns against a playoff team. How in the world does that happen? You're going to tell me Jared Stidham can't do any better than that? You know, it's like – I. I know Cam's. I know what Cam's capable of. I know what he can do. It's just the inconsistencies, the up and down roller coaster. This whole entire season has been has been extremely frustrating to watch. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. Is an interesting take where you know you wonder gotta be like a quarterback out there that could do better than that. Um, I don't think it's that simple. We just our offense around Cam. We just don't throw the ball as much, and that doesn't take into account. I mean even just these little like one, two yard QB sneaks, the fact that on a third or a fourth and short, basically with the exception of that goal line at the Seattle game, a quarterback sneak with Cam works like every single time. Mm -hmm. Like that's been huge for us that like on fourth and one, fourth and two, no hesitation. We know exactly what we're calling. They know exactly what we're doing. Andrew sets the block. He gets a push from Jakob Johnson. He clears the first down easily. Mm -hmm. That's like just off the top of my head. That's something Jarrett Stidham wouldn't bring to the table. Um, with that being said, I do like that this year we have gotten to see some Jarrett Stidham. It's not like he's been on the bench all year. He's pretty much played two quarters between the Chiefs game and the 49ers game. He didn't look particularly impressive in either one. Um, and I'd agree with that earlier take that I don't think either of these guys are a franchise quarterback, but I also will add if we're not in playoff contention, which is very likely, I think there's no chance Cam Newton starts week 17 against the Jets. I think Bill will 100% give Jarrett Stidham the start just to see what he's got there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if we're not going to make the playoffs and it's a very slim possibility as it is right now, what's the what's the bad thing about just throwing Stidham in there for at least a game or two at the end of the year just to see what you got, like you said, you know? But um, the things with Stidham, too, I heard of rumblings. I forget the guy's name who reported it, but uh, news out of the locker room was that Stidham has been pretty bad with the playbook over the last year and a half, you can see well, two years now. Was, I think was it that debunked? was Tom Curran. Was it Tom Curran? It was Tom Curran who said okay. that. I yeah, believe so. If he didn't say that, he at least said that the Patriots no longer view Jarrett Stedham like, as an option for mm-hmm. their future. Yeah, they were saying that, that he has uh, trouble memorizing the playbook and that his, uh, he's not as big of a leader, obviously, as Cam is. And that guys in the locker room are a lot more t- attached to Cam than they are Stidham, which I yeah. could definitely see. But at the same time, you really don't know. I think these guys just want to win football games, and whoever's going to give them the best chance to do that, they're going to get behind, you know? 
Yeah, so while we're talking about quarterbacks, um, I feel like we do this almost every episode, and I feel like our answers change almost every week. But <laughs> what are your opinions on this upcoming draft in April? Do you think we just first selection, we should just go best quarterback available, maybe try and trade up and get someone? Or do you think we should stick with Cam for maybe another year and uh, try and get some skill players around him? Because in reality, with the exception of the offensive line, He's really had the bare minimum for most of the season. Damian Harris has been great, but he hasn't even been there the whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really tough. I think it all depends on what happens on draft night, how it all breaks down. Because as you look at the mocks right now, some mocks have seven quarterbacks going in the first round. And as fun as yeah. that sounds and as cool as that would be to watch, that's not going to happen. Some of these guys are going to slip. And depending on who slips or what the situation is, I don't know if we could trade up for a guy, depending on, like I said, how the draft night goes down. But I would like us to see. I would like to see us take a pick of value over a pick of need. I want to see us take the best player available rather than reaching for a quarterback that we might be able to get in the later round, maybe like early second, maybe trade back into the late first if you still have your eyes on a guy. But if you really like a guy and he's there, then if you're, if you're in love with him, take him. You know what I mean? But it's no question that we absolutely have to draft a, at least one guy next year. I would honestly like to see two guys, maybe a veteran and a guy. We draft a guy something, but. Something's got to give, man. But uh, what are you thinking? Do you think we're going to go quarterback first pick, or you think we're going skill position, defense? Let me hear what Dan Shea's got to say about it. Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting because this is a very deep quarterbacks class, but even the guys who were seen as sure things, even their draft stock is dropping now. Trevor Lawrence, it's just a matter of he hasn't played in so long. But Justin Fields, I mean, the last game he played against Indiana, he looked awful. He threw three bad interceptions. He's still a guy I'd love to have on the team, and I think no hesitation we'd take. Um, Zach Wilson from BYU is another guy I feel that way about. But right now we're sitting around the 15th pick. I think there's no way any of those three are available there. And I I don't know. I, I do like Trey Lance, but he is a very raw prospect. He'd probably have to sit a year before really getting thrust out there, and I don't think that's going to work for us. Mm. So then you look at a guy like Kyle Trask from Florida – Um, A lot of Patriots fans have been looking at Mac Jones from Alabama. Both of those guys, they have a ton of talent around them, and I think that's a big piece of why they've been so good. And I just really don't think that they're going to be the surefire QB1 in New England for years to come like some of these other guys are. Mm So if it's not one of those top three that I named on the board, I think you pass on quarterback, um, and I think you look for one of the best players at the skill positions because – that's another very deep part of this year's draft, um, both wide receiver and tight end, which is different from last year where there was just a ton of wide receivers, really no substance at the tight end position. And I think that could help us a lot. Mm-hmm. More. Speaking of that, like you said, there's a lot of talent at the tight end and wide receiver position. Checking out your mock draft, one mock draft 1.0. Um, you have the New England Patriots selecting Kyle Pitts from Florida tight end at 15th overall tell me some more about this guy what do you like about him what do you not like how would he fit well how would he fit in our offense yeah um Kyle Pitts he's one of my favorite prospects in this draft I think he's a really interesting one too because even though he's six foot six I think he's only about 240 pounds and with Florida they like to line him up sort of in the slot next to the offensive tackle sometimes and they really play him like an extra wide receiver And with his speed and catch radius and run after catchability, defenses are kind of forced to play him that way. So he could be kind of 
the wide receiver tight end hybrid that we were hoping Devin Asiasi would be for us this season. Um, and with that being said, you know, usually when you see that from a tight end, it means they're not going to bring, you know, the usual red zone threat ability that you hope to get from a tight end, but it's the complete opposite with Pitts. He's got 29 receptions through six games this year. 11 of them are touchdowns. So over a third of his catches are touchdowns. So that just speaks to how crazy. much of a red zone threat he is in Florida. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think he is the, probably the best tight end prospect we've seen in at least the last five years. Definitely better, I think, than Hawkinson when he came out of Iowa. And we saw how high teams were on him. Um, the only thing with that pick, obviously, we just put a lot into the tight end position, grabbing Asiasi and Keene. Um, I don't know. It's, I was high on Asiasi coming into this year. It looks like he might be kind of a lost cause. Uh, he got placed on IR. What was it? It was like it was personal reasons, right? Got yeah, it, I don't think he really got injured. If anything, it was the Fox Pro yeah. flu. So that's that's a little bit worrying. And then as far as Dalton Keene, he was never drafted to be one of our like main pass catching targets. He kind of got thrust into that role this year just because of injuries and uh, the down year for Asiasi. But I think it would work great if we had Kyle Pitts and then used Dalton Keene as kind of a Dwayne Allen type blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, that Kyle Pitts guy, he's legit, man. His speed running up the field, dude, is unmatched. He can definitely be a problem for opposing defenses. But it's funny that you say uh, how, you know, if we don't really need another wide receiver slash tight end kind of guy, we already got one when you kill Harry, man. You know what I'm saying? You know, just unfor- unfor- unfortunately. Dude, I, it's, it's become like my catchphrase. I say it every week when we're watching games. Every time we're getting a little momentum moving down the field, whether it's a drop, a stupid penalty, I just always text it to you guys. Nobody can kill a drive quite like <laughs> and it's I feel like I feel like it's like all game he's like non existent. Like I'm like if you asked me, I wouldn't even be sure if he had been in the game or not. And mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, like a big like third and long oh my god we picked it up like that was such a great play oh holding on Nikhil Harry you know what I mean like ah, oh, dude he just it just seems like at this point that guy can't do anything right he peaked no. it's sad that our first round wide receiver from last year already peaked in week two mm-hmm. his whole key his career peaked that night and it was seven and catches. it was like a 76 yard yeah yeah it was it was very middle of the pack only he only had that many receptions and yards because Cam had to throw he a thousand peaked. he peaked on um <laughs> His catch when he got rocked by Quentin Dunbar. Oh yeah, or, that too. Uh, yeah, Quentin when he held flowers. on to that one, was that on fourth down? And he too, got right? ejected, and he got ejected, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, how would he hang on to that?" The Q, that was yeah, awesome. yeah, that's it, that's it. <laughs> his whole life, his whole life, he's gonna be like the old guy in the barber shop telling everybody about that. <laughs> it's like, he's yeah. gonna be like, you know, I was coming across the middle on a slant, I got popped. <laughs> They thought I was knocked out, had a concussion. Man, whatever. You know I hung on to the ball. You know I made the play for my team. That's going to be Nikhil Harry in like 50 years. Uh-huh. And then I'll be like, hey, Nikhil, tell me about all other of your two receptions total. Yeah, in your NFL no, 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 no. They'll just be like, who are you? <laughs> well, I mean, I hope that's not true, man. I hope Nikhil can turn it around for the sake of the Patriots, for the sake of us, and for the sake of himself. But like, man, man, oh, man. It's it's has not been pretty at all. What do you say we uh actually before we jump into the Chargers, I want to mention one more quick thing about the quarterback situation. When you bring up Mac Jones, it's a name I've been seeing float around a lot with mock drafts and Patriots and all that stuff. You know, I look up highlights on him. I don't like he looks good, don't get me wrong, but like you said earlier, he's one of those guys that really 
are really good because of the talent around him. Obviously, he's going Alabama. He's playing with some of the best college players yeah, around him that definitely. he can play with. And what scares me about a guy like him is name a great Alabama quarterback that's coming out coming out of that school and taking over the NFL and taking over a franchise. You really can't. I mean, Tua as of right now, but he's still a work in progress. He's already getting benched. I know it's because of injuries or whatever, but not the greatest start. I mean, it was a solid start for the Dolphins, but I think they're starting to already figure out that Tua is definitely not 100% ready just yet. However, you know, it's a lot of uncertainty with that team. But um, you got anything anything else to add before we jump into the Chargers? Uh, well, I could kind of talk about Mac Jones for a little yeah. bit. I, I think he's a good quarterback. Um, I've got a first-round grade on him. I've got him going later first round in my mock draft. But for me personally – I mean, the guy, he's got two first-round wide receivers. Um, one of them, Waddle, he, like, broke his ankle earlier in the season. He's out. But Devontae Smith, his other target, he is by far the best wide receiver in the country. And I think that's a huge piece of why he does so well. Not to mention, he's got another first-round pick offensive tackle on his line in Alex Leatherwood. He's got a possible first-round running back in his backfield with Najee Harris. And on top of that... You look at who they've played, their biggest test of the season, probably Georgia, right? They scored a ton of points on them. Mac Jones looked great. Georgia's been so underwhelming this season. Mm -hmm. They already have two losses. Even the bad teams they've beat, they've played them very close. And then you look at the rest of the regular season for Mac Jones, you know, his big game, it's going to be Florida in the SEC championship game. Florida's a great team. The one downside of Florida, their defense is awful. So Mac Jones, he's going to have another great game against Florida. I still don't think that really proves anything. Um, as a Notre Dame fan, I don't want to see us play Alabama in the college football playoff. But if you're evaluating Mac Jones, I think putting him against Notre Dame's defense, which might be the best in the nation, would be kind of like a great way to see how good he actually mm -hmm. is. Because if he hung, if he hung like five touchdowns on us then yeah he's legit but i just don't think that would happen yeah especially like you said in front of the whole world that game would be in the college football playoffs you know that'd be a mm -hmm. that'd be a pretty cool thing especially for you know his draft stock his possible heisman campaign but um yeah let's move right into the chargers uh what time's the game 425 i don't think it's at one right 425 425 yeah, nice so. is that the is that tony romo and jim nance i'm assuming because it's the it's the primetime slot um I don't know. I think so. I'm not positive. They might put them mm, on the, the Browns uh, Titans. Packers Eagles. Browns, yeah, that yeah, or Browns Titans. Yeah. Well, um, nonetheless, uh, three and eight Chargers coming into town. Justin Herbert, man, this guy's unbelievable, bro. He's coming off of uh oh, he actually didn't do anything too too crazy last week. Three hundred sixteen yards, one touchdown, one pick, and a loss against the Bills. But um, yeah, man. Justin Herbert, he is the real deal. It's just crazy to see such a young guy come into the league and literally take it over, kind of like how Andrew Luck did um, so quickly yeah. as a rookie leading his team like this. I know he's had a couple tough losses, but the Chargers are a few unlucky plays away from being like a six and six and four football team right now or whatever it is. Six, yeah, and they've, six given, and five. they've given up a lot of big leads. Exactly. So. You know, I think they have a really bright future. Herbert is nothing to be messed with, and our defense really needs to be ready to play because yeah, he yeah, can light us and up. and the other thing that – the other thing that worries me is now this week, you're probably going to have Austin Eckler back at 100%. Yep. He came back last week. Um, I'm not sure really what he got for reps, but I know coming into the game, they were saying, oh. you know, they were going to keep him kind of limited. Now this week is when oh. they would probably sort of unleash him, let him full on be the running back one. And 
he was doing great through two weeks of the season. And at that point, Tyrod Taylor was still the starter. So now you add Justin Herbert to that. And as good as he's gotten, as the season's gone on, got Allen, Hunter Henry, it's definitely going to be our test for our defense. Um, but the one thing that really does give me some reassurance is just the coaching mismatch here. Mm. Uh, Bill Belichick, obviously, you say, amazing coach, greatest coach of all time. Anthony Lynn, probably the worst coach in the NFL. I don't know if you saw the end of the Buffalo game. Like, I, I just – what goes through his head. Like, they completed a Hail Mary. They were down at the one-yard line with, like, a minute left or, like, 45 seconds, something like that. They didn't have any timeouts. And they decided to – I think they ran the ball twice and then got up to the line with like 10 seconds left and ran like a QB sneak from the Mm -hmm. one and the clock just ran out. Yeah. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah. I've never really been the biggest fan of Anthony Lynn. You know, there's been a lot of, a lot of instances where he's just kind of had a brain fart or just mismanaged the timeout or the clock situation. So that is definitely one area where I absolutely agree with you that we have the easy advantage with Bill Belichick. But um, one thing I am worried about is how how our not our offensive line is going to hold up, but how Cam's going to do in a pocket against like a guy like Joey Boza. Um, yeah, you know him holding on the ball a lot. That's not going to be able to work. I know he still does it a lot, even when nobody's no, open. Not at all. It's, he's not going to be able to do that nearly as much as he is, or unless this game's going to end really bad. So we're going to have to look for Cam to get the ball out quick. These short little intermediate routes are really going to have to be clicking. And to touch on what you said about Eckler, they said they were going to ease him in. Oh, they eased him in with 14 carries, and he also had 11 receptions for 85 yards, and I played him in fantasy last yeah. week. So, hey, This week he's going he's gonna to be probably very close to full reps, if not yeah. Like 80%. Yeah, and um, that's another really big thing to watch for is how our, uh, how our defense is going to game plan for Eckler because I think we definitely have speed on the defense to stop him with, uh, say, someone like um, you know Adrian Phillips or something like that, stay down in the box, just follow him around. But – he is a – it's a lot easier said than done with him. He's a very good player, and I think Herbert is definitely going to be happy to have a guy like him back, a little safety outlet to dump the ball off to. So, And all in all, that whole Chargers offense is really, really good. So our defense is up for another challenge. Yeah. It just kind of all depends what defense shows up. If the defense that showed up well, last week will be fine, but if it's a defense that showed up against Houston, we might yeah, be screwed. Yeah. You know? But if you go back and you kind of look at – the last time we played this team, obviously, it was a very different situation. It was the divisional round of the playoffs. Um, the two big takeaways from that, after we had kind of surprised everyone and blown them out a little bit, it was Bill Belichick completely outcoached Anthony Lynn, which goes back to what we were just saying. And then the second thing, which goes back to the first point you made, was the Chargers couldn't get any pressure on Brady because he was just throwing the ball too damn quick. So you juxtapose that to Cam Newton, who holds onto the ball way too long, going against essentially the same pass rush. That's something you got to be a little bit. Oh, absolutely! About. That could definitely be the downfall of this game. And like I said, it's going to be on Cam, man. Like there's only there's only so much you can do as a play caller, like Josh McDaniels, to try to scheme these guys open to these quick intermediate routes. But at the end of the day, it's up to Cam and his decision making and him pulling the trigger and getting the ball out quickly. You know. And um, is yeah. there any news on Edelman? I don't think it's this week, right? It's probably next um, week. No, I, if he is, I, I've heard nothing. But he went on the COVID yeah, list. yeah. Okay, that's what it, that's what it was. Yeah. So no way he plays this week. I think if that hadn't happened, I think there would have been a chance that we saw Edelman this mm-hmm. week. Unfortunately, or at least uh, would have returned to practice. I think, and then maybe, maybe we would have sat him and hoped that he could be back. 
on the short week against the Rams. Yeah, it'd be it'd be real nice but, to have him back sometime soon. But yeah, pro- he probably won't make the trip to LA at all. So I'd say earliest we can see him would be week fifteen against the uh, is it Bills or Dolphins, Dolphins at Dolphins. Dolphins? Oh, in Miami, bro. Oh yeah. no. Oh no. Yeah, and then I don't know if you saw that game. If we win these next mm-hmm. two, and there's playoff implications, they're probably going to flex that game. That, Sunday that would be football. sick. I hope yep. they do. Because what was the other get game? Get 49ers, Cowboys yeah, get that, out of there. Get that the hell Cowboys. out of there, please. No, they're they're totally going to flex that out. If we lose, they'll just find a different Yeah, because that's, that's, that's brutal. <laughs> it was bad enough, the games we had to watch mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving. But come on. Or how about Bears? Oh, like, dude, like why do they even... Sunday night football we just yeah, had. Yeah, it was awful, bro. I feel like this year especially, there's been a lot of primetime blowouts. Like the Saints destroying the Bucks. Um, there's a there's a couple yeah. of a few more I can think of at the top of my head. I think the Packers, the Packers kind of beat up the Saints early in the season. The Packers are just like not even blowouts, just like the most unentertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Rams, like Rams Bears on Monday Night Football, Giants. Steelers. Yeah, like what? Like why are these? Who I don't know who's making these these schedules and these uh, matchups, but definitely not what we want to see, man. We want to see some dogfight games tonight, not these crappy divisional games that I always end up low scoring and stuff. But yeah. um. You got anything else to touch on before we dive into the game picks, buddy? No, man. Right, I'm all set. Take Let's it away. These picks. All right. First game, we've got the Chicago Bears at home taking on the Detroit Lions. Bears are three and a half point favorites. Who you got? You know, this is, I say it about every pick, but this is a tough pick because I don't want to be wrong because both these teams stink. And I feel really bad if I put my money on Chicago. And I also feel really bad if I put my money on Detroit. So I'm just going to go with whoever is getting points here, and I'm going to take Detroit as the plus three-and-a-half underdog. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to disagree with you here. I honestly have no real reason to make this pick <laughs> other than I just feel like I just feel like the Bears started off the season like kind of good. They were 5-1. and one. I know it was like people were always talking about they might be the worst 5-1 and one team of all time, and uh, they've they they hadn't really played anybody good and all this stuff, but they were at least sort of good. So I don't think I I just feel like they have to win eventually, and that's a winnable game. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go with Chicago here. Um, Kev, as always, siding with his boy Matty Stafford. He took the Lions plus three and a half. Next game here, we've got the Miami Dolphins at home taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Dolphins are the 11.5-point favorites. Who you got? So I wanted to lean with Miami here, but I was thinking Fitzpatrick's playing. He's due to throw at least one or two picks. That's probably a good – that could be six, a total of six points that Cincinnati gets off of those maybe short field drives. And 11.5 is kind of a lot of points for a team like Miami. Like, obviously, they're damn good, but this is the kind of game that could be like a trap game. I know, obviously, Joe Burrow's out for the year. But is it just Joe Mixon back? Is he playing? I'm not sure, honestly. You're not too sure? Yeah, I know Gio, Gio Bernard. Was, something happened to him, I think. But I, yeah. I think I might be confused. But I'm going to take Cincinnati here. You know, I think this is just a lot of points for Miami to cover. And I just feel a lot safer taking that plus 11.5 for Cincinnati. So that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, it's kind of a weird one because obviously Joe Burrow, done for the year. Uh, he's been kind of banged up. Joe Mixon has been out, so the Bengals' offense really wasn't showing much life. And then the Giants, you know, everyone thought they were going to blow up the Bengals last week. The Bengals showed some life. They only lost by two. But they only put up 17 points. 
those came off, I think like a hundred yard kickoff return. I, I think they got some other lucky breaks along the way. And then it is the Giants, not a great team. Um, I feel like 11 and a half is a big number, but I think the Bengals got really lucky this week. And I just don't think they'll catch some of those same breaks this week against Miami. So I'm going to take the Dolphins minus 11 and a half. Kevin for that game. He agrees with me. He went Dolphins minus 11 and a half. Next game here, we've got the Indianapolis Colts on the road against the Houston Texans. Colts are the two-and-a-half-point favorites. Big game for the future of the AFC South. Who you got? Um, I'm taking Indy minus two-and-a-half. Looking at this game, I was a little surprised that the they were only favored by two-and-a-half, but I do see that it's in Houston, so that kind of makes sense. And Houston, as of late, has looked a little bit better than they did in the beginning of the season. But um, I'm kind of confident in Indy's defense. I know they just had a really bad game against the Titans, if I remember correctly. They kind of got destroyed. But uh, I think it'd be, it's a bounce-back week for Indy, and I think they take care of business, so give me them. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Houston here, uh, plus two-and-a-half. It's basically a pick at two-and-a-half. But the way I see it, Texans, that was a huge win for them, beating us two weeks ago. Got another solid win against the Lions on Thanksgiving. In that locker room, they're on a bit of a winning streak for the first time this year. They're probably feeling really good about themselves, probably feeling like there's a chance they could get into the playoffs. Realistically, there's not. While the Colts, on the other hand, got absolutely hammered last week by the Titans. Their confidence probably at an all-time low for the season. Um, If this game happened a couple weeks ago when the Colts were coming off their win against the Packers, I'd be going with Indy, but I got to go with Houston here. And uh, Kevin, for this game, he's going to agree with you. He's going to go Colts minus two and a half. Next game here, we've got the Minnesota Vikings at home taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Vikings are the nine and a half point favorites. Who you got? I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm going Jacksonville plus nine and a half. This is one of the picks where I, at first, I circled Minnesota. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to fade my own picks for this week. I'm going to go against what I think. And that's why I put Jacksonville plus nine and a half. I just Minnesota is the kind of team that you don't really know what you're going to get week in and week out. Sometimes they can come out and Kirk Cousins can look great. Dalvin Cook is running with that offense. And then other times they can kind of come out and shit the bed. So I don't really know what to expect out of this game. I know I'm kind of being ballsy with this one, but uh, it's gross to say, but give me Jacksonville plus nine and a half. Uh, Yeah, I I think I'm going to go Minnesota here. (laughs) We're disagreeing on like every single pick. I think it's four in a row. <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite of last time when me and Kevin had every single pick the same except one. But um, yeah, I'm going Minnesota here. They didn't look that impressive in their win against the Panthers, but the Jaguars are a pretty bad team. They did play the Browns close last week. I just, I just can't see them keeping it up, to be completely honest with you. So I'm going to go with the Vikings here. Nine and a half is a big number, but... I think they'll get it done. Kev agrees with you. He's going Jaguars plus nine and a half. Next game here, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders on the road against the New York Jets. Raiders are the eight and a half point favorites. Who you got? Um, Raiders for sure. You know, this is um, – I could see why the line's not as high as it should be because obviously the Raiders basically just got 40-pieced by the Falcons which was very, very surprising to me as I had money on the Raiders. But I think this is a big bounce back week. This is a good opponent for the the Raiders to find their confidence again and just beat up on. So give me the Raiders uh, minus eight and a half. Yeah, we're finally going to agree here. I'm going Raiders minus eight and a half. Um, Awful week last week for the Raiders. Got blown out by the Falcons. 
But even if it's eight and a half, I'm just not sure that I can take the Jets here. I think the Raiders bounce back and get it done. Kevin disagreeing with us. He's taking the Jets plus eight and a half here. Next game, we've got the Atlanta Falcons at home taking on the New Orleans Saints. Falcons are the three and a half point underdogs. Who you got? You know, this game, dude, I got a really weird feeling about it. And when I usually have these feelings, I am so far off from the truth. So I'm going to go with New Orleans minus three and a half. Um, Taysom Hill looks damn good. He's doing his thing, you know, not really throwing it through the air, you know, just kind of getting it done through the ground. You know, one drive at a time. I think they're still a great football team. The Saints overall, probably a top three team in the league. In Atlanta, they're coming off of their best game of the year, um, basically, especially offensively. Uh, I think Matt Ryan, I don't know how many yards he threw, but they scored 43 total points as a team, which was ridiculous. I don't really know if they're going to be able to replicate that. And like I said, this it is a divisional game, so you really can never know what's going to happen. But I'm, I like New Orleans here at minus three and a half. Uh, yeah, I think I got to agree with you here. Um, I don't think Taysom Hill's really been great for the Saints, but that Falcons pass defense has been awful. So if he can move the ball on anybody, it'll be them. Uh, this is interesting because I think they just played like two weeks ago. So we'll have to see how much they learned from each other. But ultimately, Saints are the better team. Three and a half, not a huge number just because Breeze isn't playing. But Taysom Hill's been in there long enough as a starter. He's been with the team long enough to know the offense. I'm going to go with the Saints here. And Kevin is going to disagree with the both of us. He's going to get Falcons <laughs> plus three and a half. Next game here, we've got the Tennessee Titans at home. Taking on the Cleveland Browns, a big game as far as the AFC wildcard race. Titans are the five-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? I am going to take the Cleveland Browns plus five-and-a-half. This is the Super Bowl for the Cleveland Browns right now. Two teams, eight and three. This is as real as it's ever been in the last 20 freaking years in Cleveland. So with that being said, I think that the dog pound is going to be fired up. I know they're on the road. But I just think this team, they, they, they feel it, man. I know they kind of looked very shaky against the Jaguars, but it's just it's a good story. I want to root for it. You know, I would like to see the, the Browns at least cover. So I'm going to take them on a uh, plus five and a half. And, uh, yeah, let's see. Hopefully Nick Chubb can lead me to the promised land with that pick. I got to go with the Titans here. Um, they're at home. I think they're the better team. And coming off that performance last week, I just don't know how you can pick against them. Uh Tennessee's going to kill kill the Browns. They're going to cover this five and a half easy. Next, or I'm sorry, let me read off Kev's pick. He's got the Titans minus five and a half. He agrees with me. Next game, we've got the Seattle Seahawks at home taking on the New York Giants. Seattle is minus ten and a half. Um, definitely taking Seattle here. Not a lot to say about this game, to be honest. Uh, Giants will be without Danny Jones. I forget. Oh, it was a hamstring injury. I think he's going to be out for a few weeks. I'm not 100% sure who's going to start. Who's their backup? Is it like Kyle Luletta? Is that his uh, name? Or it, was a, it was a guy. Think, no, no, no. It's Colt McCoy. They signed Colt McCoy. Oh, it's Colt McCoy. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, nice. All right. That's not, a, that's not too, too bad. But, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I can't justify ever picking the Giants here. Maybe you can with your pick. But I'm going to take play it safe and take Seattle minus 10.5. No, I'm with you here. I'm going to go In there, no, definitely can't take them. Ten and a half isn't too big of a number uh, when it comes to the Giants. So, gonna go Seattle. Kev agrees, makes it a clean sweep for Seattle minus ten and a half. Next game here, we've got the Arizona Cardinals at home taking on the LA Rams. 
Cardinals are the three and a half point underdogs after their loss to us. Who do you got? I'm going to take the Cardinals here. Uh, minus. Oh wait, you said they're underdogs, right? Yeah, underdogs. Pl- yeah. Gosh, plus three and a half. I really like this pick now. Um, I'm I'm looking for them to have a bounce back week. Like you said, they just struggled pretty mightily against us. So I think that 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 offense is definitely a lot more capable of. Uh, doing just being a lot high more high powered than than they were against us and the rams are the kind of team dude like they just they had a really great win against the bucks a few weeks ago but now they come out i know it's a divisional game i know you can't really predict them but they come out and lose to the 49ers and nick mullins it just doesn't make sense to me they're a damn good team at seven and four but they're really inconsistent and i just i think arizona's gonna get the best of them in this one and give you the points. so arizona plus three and a half for me uh yeah i'm gonna agree with you here um, I think these are two good teams. Uh, Kyler Murray, he should be off his injury now. And I would say the Cardinals loss to the Patriots last week was a lot worse of a loss than the Rams losing that one to the 49ers. That's going to hurt them a lot when it comes to this tight playoff race in the NFC and tight race at the top of the NFC West. I'm going to go Cardinals here. Next game, or I'm sorry, I keep skipping over Kev. He's not here to remind me. Uh, <laughs> Cavs got Arizona plus three and a half another clean sweep next game we've got the Green Bay Packers taking on the Philadelphia Eagles in Green Bay Packers are the eight and a half point favorites who you got definitely taking Green Bay here I'd be surprised if the Eagles even score eight and a half points the way their offense has been unless uh, Jalen Hurts is being put in you know the only points the Eagles actually scored um, on Monday night's game was that Hail Mary with uh, the last play of the game basically so yeah, not a lot going on for that team. Really don't like how that team or that direction that team is heading in with Wentz. You know, he's kind of – he's getting worse, which is not good. So, give me Green Bay. Not much to say about that team. One of the top three, top five teams in the NFL. So, give me them all day. Yeah. Um, I'm never, ever going to take the Eagles this year. Uh, <laughs> I hate the Eagles a lot. I had money on Seattle in that Monday night football game, and – as you know happened with a lot of betters across america seattle minus six and a half looked like a complete lock the or uh i'm sorry the eagles they get a hail mary with like 15 seconds left and then for absolutely no reason they go for two they, <laughs> I, like i think they might have known what the line was and we're like you know what fuck this we're not gonna win so you don't get to win either um yeah hate doug peterson um hate the guy who made the catch don't even know his name. I hate Jamal Adams in general. So because he's on the Seahawks defense, the Hail Mary was probably his fault. Um, and then on top of that, <laughs> the only other time I bet on an Eagles game this year, I took the Eagles minus three and a half against the Giants a couple of weeks ago, and they completely let me down again. Mm-hmm. So hate hate the Eagles. Hammer Packers minus eight and a, eight and a half. Uh, Kevin's got the Packers as well. Next game, we've got the biggest game of the week for us. New England Patriots at the Los Angeles Chargers. Patriots have opened as the one-and-a-half-point underdogs. Who you got? I am taking New England here strictly because of my fandom. Um, we've already mentioned the you know the prior weeks, especially uh, this most recent week with the offensive struggles, but I find as if once the weeks we struggle, we usually answer back the following week with a much better performance, and that's what I'm really hoping for this time around. This is definitely a beatable team. If we show up and we can play our hardest and the defense, you know, actually makes open field tackles and, you know, does what they can do. 
I think we can definitely have a real chance to win. And we're getting points here. We already mentioned how good the Chargers are and Justin Herbert and whatnot. But I'm going to be a hometown faithful Patriots fan and take a minus. I'm going to plus one and a half. Yeah, um, I'm going Patriots every game this year. That doesn't change here. One and a half, really not a crazy number. It's basically a pick them uh, for all the reasons we've talked about before. Biggest one for me, Bill Belichick versus Anthony Lynn. We win that matchup 10 times out of 10. So I think the Patriots will get it done. I think they know that they have to get it done. Um, so I don't think they're going to overlook the Chargers, even though they are a three and eight team. I think the Patriots win it here. Kevin agrees. Next game, we've got the Denver Broncos taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in Denver. The Chiefs are the 14.5-point favorites. Who you got? Oh, you see, there's a lot of points right now, but um, the Chiefs score a lot of points too. So I'm going to take Kansas City here. It's kind of tough for me to pick against Patrick Mahomes in that offense. Um, Denver, is uh, are they even going to have any quarterbacks this week? Yeah, they, they, just they a guy? got them all back. They got all their quarterbacks back. They're all back. Okay. Okay. Good. Very nice. I still think Kansas City's gonna gonna handle them well. This is a lot of points. I'm low key thinking about changing my pick last second, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna keep it Kansas City minus fourteen and a half. Yeah, I was thinking about changing my pick last second too uh, when I realized that Denver was the home team because obviously playing a mile high is usually a big factor. But Kansas City, they are in their division. They play at mile high once a year. I'm sure a lot of their guys are used to it. So I don't think it'll be as big of a factor as it is with other teams. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus 14 and a half here. All right, getting into our next game here. We've got one of two Monday night football games. Uh, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Washington football team. Washington football team are 10 and a half point underdogs. Who you got? I like the uh, Washington football team as an underdog here. Uh you know, I feel like Pittsburgh, they've had a pretty easy schedule. I'm not taking anything away from them being 11-0. That's a crazy thing to be. However, they like to play down to their competition, and we saw it against the Ravens uh, last night. You know, look, look, looking at that game on paper, you see RG3 starting a quarterback against that great Steelers defense. You think that game's going to be a blowout, blah, blah, blah. But the Steelers only won by, what, like five or six points? It was, pretty, it was really close still. And I think uh, the Washington football team has – I think they're going to honestly make a run and win that division and possibly win a playoff game because they have a few things that I really like about playoff football teams is a good run game. They can get to the quarterback. they got a good head coach and a solid, decent quarterback and we're going to get the job done. So with all that being said, I like the Washington football team and I really like them getting 10.5 points, so give me that. Yeah, I'm going to go with Washington here as well. Um, Pittsburgh's 11-0, but they're definitely the worst 11-0 team of all time. <laughs> they haven't really played anyone good. Best team they've played is the Tennessee Titans, and if you look at that game, the Steelers had a huge lead that they blew, and ultimately, if Kostowski makes that, I don't know, 46-yarder or whatever it was to send it to overtime, um, the Titans had all the momentum. That game basically would have come down to a coin toss because the Steelers were not going to stop them at that point. Um, and then aside from that, you look at it, it's like they've got the Jaguars. You know, they beat the Ravens twice, who definitely look a lot worse this year. This past game, they were missing like almost all – like they were missing like 50% of their team. Um, I don't know, just the just the entire season, even what they have left, their best opponent this year is going to be the Buffalo Bills. So – I'm going to go with the Washington football team here. Um, ten and a half, as you said, big number. I think Pittsburgh is probably going to win this game, but all season they've been playing down to these teams, so I have no reason to think that they'll blow them out. 
Uh, and Kev actually agrees with us. Yeah, agrees with us here. So we've got a clean sweep going against the Steelers, picking Washington. And then for our final Monday Night Football game, final game of the week, we've got the Buffalo Bills taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Bills are the two-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? I'm taking Buffalo here. I just think the Niners just had a really good win, like we just mentioned earlier, over the Rams. And I don't know if they're going to replicate that great performance. And I think to the core, that team is still good, but they're not as good as the Rams. They, I don't think the Rams should have dropped that game. And I definitely don't think the Buffalo Bills dropped this game against the Niners. Um, you know, the Bills, who do they just play? They just beat – um. Oh, they just beat the Chargers. Uh, you know, you know what you're, you're getting with out of them. Josh Allen's a great quarterback, so and he's having a career kind of year right now. And only two and a half. I feel like that's not a lot of points for Buffalo. So give me Buffalo minus two and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Buffalo here too. San Francisco, I think last week was kind of a fluke win over the Rams. Don't think they'll be able to get it done this week. I think the Bills are a good team. Um, they've got their eyes on the playoffs. Probably going to win the AFC East, unfortunately. Um, I think they got it done in San Francisco here. Kev agrees. Uh, so unless you got any more thoughts on this week's game, that's going to do it for today. I'm all set, all man. Good? Take it away, brother. All set. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure to join us next week. Apologies for missing a week with the podcast. Thanksgiving, everything going on. Just couldn't work out with our schedules. Uh, so make sure you tune in next week. We'll be back at it with our thoughts about the Patriots-Chargers game, potential playoff implications it might have, and uh, anything else we see this weekend.